The government of China is expanding its influence around the globe via economics, military developments, technology, behavior control, and oppression towards political dissent. Western businesses and banks are looking the other way while winking at evil, choosing the immediate rewards of wealth over principled moral clarity. Although China is one of the most hostile regimes towards Christianity and many other religions, the church is among the fastest growing sectors in today's worldwide ecclesia. Despite the Chinese government's new move in editing the Bible to the CCP standards, Holy Spirit is inspiring boldness and courage in the face of political martyrdom. Join us now as we compare what the Bible may indicate against modern-day observations concerning China's role in the end of days. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to the Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining. Today, we're going to be melding the modern day headlines of the area of China, the nation of China, and the surrounding areas, and, and the cross. And what I mean by that is what's going on with the church over there today, the modern day Christians in that part of the world, but as well as what does the Bible have to say about the area of China, the nation of China? Uh, do we see any similarities? Are there anything that we can draw from or, or look at there? And I believe it's very clear that there are a number of areas, and, and we're going to break that down today. We're going to look into that. Um, I'm going to ask a favor, if you could, please hit the like and the subscribe button. really helps, and ring that bell. Um, again, we're just trying to share and get the information out there. And speaking of sharing, if you find this information of value, please share it. Hit the share button on whatever platform you're on, YouTube, the podcast platforms. There's usually a way to do that. Um, and, and we're on all the social media platforms, so you can share there as well. Again, it helps us get the information out. Ultimately, uh, you know, if you've been with me or what, listening in, in the past, uh, you know, our mission is to get to the truth no matter where it leads. And what we do is uh, uncover whether it's, you know, in this instance, we're going to be looking at the Bible and modern day headlines and, and evaluations. But, you know, where, wherever the truth would take us, uh, we always, I always like to look at sources outside of the Bible if, if it's relevant, eyewitness accounts, historical accounts, archaeological, and so forth. So that's kind of the mission. And, and ultimately, it's to give you the information to let you make informed decisions. Uh, if you are a Christian, then and hopefully there'll be some information that can help either yourself or maybe you can share it with others. And if you're not or you're sitting on the fence, you're not sure what I believe, uh, you know, th- there, there'll be some things here that we're going to throw out that hopefully um, will pique your interest and, and make you think a little bit. So, again, we're going to be talking about China and the cross, and we're going to break this down. I wanted to set the stage for this because I wanted to pause and realize, this is my opinion, I believe that we are living in the fullness of time, revelation, and Holy Spirit. I'm going to be talking about a number of things. Some things could be a little adversarial. They could be a little negative. But I wanted to remind us that the bottom line is we're living in unprecedented times with uh, you know, wonderful access to the throne room of heaven if you are a Christian. Um, uh, you know, or, 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 you know, directly access to the King of Kings. Um, I wanted to just set the stage here for 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12. 
Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have not been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. So, you know, what I wanted to emphasize here is we're living in very special times. I'm sure most of you realize if you just look around the world today, you look at what's happening either um, you, you, you can look at the geopolitical stage, you can look at technology, you can look at the militaries, you can look at cultures, and you can see that so much of what the Bible pointed out is happening at an alarming speed, uh, the nation of Israel and, and, and so forth and so on. So we're living in very distinct and special times, I think, and it, it takes a pause to remember how fortunate we, we are and even though I may be citing some things here that have a little bit of a negative connotation, um, the, the bottom line is, is you know, we're, we're here for such a time as this, and we're really fortunate, uh, whether it's a year, 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, um, it doesn't matter, but the time is getting close, and I think most people would realize that. So I wanted to just set the stage with a foundation of, let's just pause and say that, you know, we should be grateful to be where we're at. All right, so I'm going to read from you in the book of Revelation. It says, And then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet. Now, this is the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the judgments of the Lord in the book of Revelation is what we're talking about here. And it says to release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. So if you're watching me on video, I've got the great river Euphrates outlined and, and where that is, how that goes through Iraq and, and Syria and Turkey um, and its you know, neighbor of, of Iran. And if you look to the right of Iran on the map on the left, you see Afghanistan, you see China and Pakistan. Um, remember those nations because they're going to come up in a couple of slides from now. But if, if we are to believe that the army could be coming from China and this area, and I believe uh, the nation of China and the Chinese Communist Party will have a role to play in the book of Revelation that they would have to cross the great river Euphrates, um, just just as, as what's outlined here. Um, so the four, it goes on to say in verse 15, so the four angels who have been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. So this is John's vision that he's getting on the island of Patmos. I would say he was there. He's taken up uh, into a vision. In, um, you know, so we can't really say we, you know, we, well, yeah, I would say that's heaven and it's a vision that, that the, Jesus, you know, availed him or, or uh, avail John to, to, to see and to witness for us, for him to write down for us to read and understand. Um, but at any rate, I, I wanted to point out, and there's no way that John would have known this, but approximately at that time in the world, it was around, the population was roughly 80 million people. And, uh, and we're talking about a 200 million man army. So, 
you know, that, that in and of itself is, is, is kind of far stretched. So let me, you know, continue on that vein here. Um, so, you know, what we just read, I'm sorry, was Revelation 16, 12, and the 200 million man army. Uh, I, I wanted to point out that in 1965, Time Magazine, and later on, uh, the Chinese government, you know, said that we have that militia, we have that 200 million man army. It's, it's, it's already here. Um, so two things there, you know, the, the 200 million man army is there. And then the great river Euphrates would have to dry up. We have precedents with that happening in the past. This would happen supernaturally by the Lord, but we have seen that, but that would be, uh, an integral piece for that army to march across into the land of Israel in the book of revelation. So I just wanted to point out that that is, uh, that that's in place today. Revelation nine thirteen through 17, I saw as God wanted to show me the horses and the men on them. The men had pieces of iron over their chests. These were red like fire, blue like the sky, and yellow like sulfur. So I just wanted to pause to the left if you're following me on video. I show you the, the Chinese, the national Chinese flag. It's, it's bright red and bright yellow, and these are uh, what is considered to be the kings of the east, as outlined in, in uh, first in Genesis 14, um, uh, but also in, uh, in, in the book of Isaiah. And there it is called the, the, the nation of Sinim, um, Isaiah 49, 12. That's where you first um, get wind of the, the, this part of the world. Uh, but interestingly enough, Genesis 14, they, they, kings of the east, they needed to cross the river Euphrates, interestingly enough, when they attacked Lot. Um, but I don't want to get into that. I just wanted to set you a precedent for that. So the, you see those two colors there. Then the military has that uh, the blue like the sky. Just So just as John saw these colors, that is what the symbols and the colors of the CCP army is a, a division, I should say, branches of it. I'm sure there are other areas of their militia that are not these colors, but I'm showing you a picture uh, that is... I'm, I'm, fits the bill. Fits the bill exactly as what was described. Uh, so I, 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 th I find that personally more than coincidence. So let's fast forward to today, even just a several weeks ago. The Chinese Communist Party had their 100-year anniversary, and sure enough, it was much fanfare as any nation would, you know, in, in that situation. But they took this opportunity. Uh, to to kind of set the stage on some things and to reinforce uh, things, not only a message to the people of China, but also a message to the world. Uh, their leader, Xi Jinping, uh, you know, is pictured here. He gave a speech, and uh, I'm going to break down parts of it, but there were three themes that were very apparent in this speech. Uh, and one was that the party and the country are identical. It is an outgrowth of his previous remarks that Chinese history functionally began in 1921 with the CCP's founding. So he does cover a little bit of ancient China's history, but as far as he's concerned, the real meat of it, the real crux of the mission and the vision for China began with the CCP's founding. And even at that, he didn't allude to a lot of the past. He kind of like, you know, very much narcissistic, uh, you know, pointed to, uh, you know, his, his uh, his government forming, I believe, in 2012. The second theme was the party must be unified. It must be kept in alignment with central 
party leadership is what Xi Jinping said. And the third is that the party and the nation must prepare for conflict. The party must accelerate the modernization of a national defense because of the irrefutable truth that it must command the gun. So I'm giving you exact quotes of what he said. He also went on to say uh, later in his speech that enemies will have their heads cracked and bleeding. Uh, you know, that could be saber rattling, if you would, but um, he, he's, he's certainly, you know, kind of laying the stage here. And I will say that China has been incredibly aggressive over this last 10 or 15 years compared to, you know, they've always been a very strong and, and proud nation, but they kind of always did things in the background and even some of the stuff that they were, you know, moving on um, in, in the world of finance and technology and whatnot and, you know, very underhanded methods of doing so, but kind of under the radar. Um, what, what I see with Xi Jinping and where they're going now, it's flat out in your face. You know, they're, they're, they're not pulling any punches. They're not trying to hide anything. They, they're, they're letting the world know. So why does China need a world-class military? Uh, to protect, as uh, Xi had said, that they must protect Chinese sovereignty, security, and development interests. Uh, this is not a boilerplate. Xi mentions only one international organization in his entire speech, which is China's neo-colonial One Belt, One Road initiative. After praising some in the international cooperation, uh, he pivots immediately to identifying the need for the courage to fight for China's national dream, a dream that will require a greater struggle than ever before to achieve. So he's, he's kind of laying the groundwork for you. Uh, it is here where the Taiwan question comes in. So if you've been um, just mildly aware of the headlines over the past couple of years, China is very aggressively going after Taiwan, uh, as well as you'll see here Hong Kong and Macau and other areas. Um, but this is where this question comes in. It is the last substantive remark that he makes in his speech, the announcement of his vision for party and for nation. He identifies three specific territories in closing out his speech, Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan, and the last receives very particular uh, attention. Interestingly, he never mentioned COVID-19. So I'll get to that in, in a little bit. Uh, but behind the advocacy for this peaceful reunification is Z's message. Uh, Taiwan, this is a quote, Taiwan independence is deemed as a threat to Chinese national sovereignty and territorial integrity, and the People's Liberation Army is meant to secure this sovereignty. So if you see the map on the left, uh, top corner left, I show you where Taiwan is in, in comparison to China, then Macau on the map on the lower left, as well as Hong Kong. And again, if you've been mildly aware of the, what the people and the freedom fighters of Hong Kong have had to go through, Exactly, uh, you know, what, what Britain had said in the agreement that they made with China, uh, that this would be an, an, an independent uh, nation and island or territory. Um, and, and immediately China went back on its word and, and just started beating down uh, people and, and anybody who was oppressing or voicing dissent, uh, they, they were jailed. So this is, this is the method of what's going on today. The U.S. military cites rising risk of the Chinese move against Taiwan. Again, here I'm showing you islands that are being man-made islands off of the coast of, of China. 
in in the in in the different um, uh, areas in the East China Sea. Um, that there's also some more developments near the Gulf of uh, uh, the South China Sea, I should say. Um, but at any rate, these islands, they're putting military bases in there. They're putting um, uh, landing strips for uh, aircraft to come in and out of there. And, you know, they're, they're, they're clearly laying the groundwork and they're moving these further and further towards Taiwan. And you see in the map on the right-hand side, I show you Taiwan because once they have that, they have clear sailing out into the Philippine Sea, which then you start to get into U.S. and Western territories. So it's, it's a very strategic initiative. Uh, the U.S. Navy believes the Chinese invasion could take place at any time. Interestingly enough, the Taiwan president won decisively in January of 2020 on an anti-China policy. So he is very much pro-democracy. China is also going after Bhutan and Nepal. Uh, they patrol ships going into the Japanese waters. I show you uh, Nepal and Bhutan in that map on the right. I circled it in a, in a red circle. And, you know, Hong Kong, uh, the, you know, just consistently, uh, you know, oppressing those people. This wonderful, wonderful uh, piece of, uh, of, of, of just joyous, you know, prosperous land and, 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 and the economy has is, been thriving, the technology has been thriving, the culture. I, you know, I've never been there. I, it's one of the places on my bucket list I would have loved to have gotten to. Um, I don't know that I will now. But, and then I wanted to just point out something that happened just a few days ago. I'm, I'm speaking to you in mid-July of 2021. Uh, they just took over, the Chinese government just took over uh, England's biggest uh, semiconductor plant, which is in China, uh, because they said it violated uh, or, or impinged upon their, their high-tech future. So Nexperia NV makes semiconductors. They're usually for the car industry, but it's England's largest semiconductor factory, and the government just took it over. Um, so, you know, like, so naturally, England is, is doing what it can through uh, uh, diplomatic channels, and, and Boris Johnson is kind of leading the charge in their national security team. But I'm just pointing out the absolute aggressive nature of what China has been doing in the past 5, 10, 15 years. It's really been accelerating. And, you know, I'm pointing out some of the speech and the bravado that Xi Jinping is, is having. And I will also point out that you're getting Chinese military ships out into these seas. Uh, planes have been going over Taiwan airspace. Um, the, you know, they're, they're kind of really getting it out there. I uh, wanted to just shift gears just really quickly. A very interesting development in March. Uh, China and Iran a a entered into a partnership of 25 years. Um, there was over $400 billion that China gave them. Uh, and again, you know, anybody who knows Iran is, is suffering as far as the economics because they've been taking whatever money that they have and they've been putting it into uh, um, wreaking havoc throughout the Middle East. I'll put it that way with the, the end game is trying to, to uh, destroy Israel and wipe Israel off the face of the map. And we know uh, from the book of Revelation and you know also specifically for the next, what I call the next great war in uh, um, Ezekiel and, and uh, you know, we're talking about chapter 38 and 39. Um, so Persia is, is what it's called there, has a monumental role there. Um, but it's very interesting that China is gaining that access, has that favor 
now going where they've given them the money that they need. Uh, and, and it's kind of an infrastructure exchange. But what's interesting here is China is 60% dependent upon Middle East oil. And naturally, you know, most a lot of that will now be taken care of because of the access that they'll have further into the Middle East, further now into Iran, and that much closer to the nation of Israel uh, with, with that allegiance there. Um, they also now have access into the Arabian Sea via Iran and Pakistan. They have arrangements with Pakistan. Uh, the other thing that, that's been happening uh, over the past month or six weeks or so, um, United States is pulling out of the Middle East completely, as far as I can tell. Uh, so they're they're really leaving Afghanistan. Um, look, I, I, I never mind, you know, the, the pros and the cons. I'm, as far as I'm concerned, America does need to get out of there. It's but it's how you do it, how you execute your game plan. And I, I personally, from what I can see, is you know, there it's 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 a disgrace and. Um, you know, the Taliban is just moving throughout the, the, the nation of Afghanistan. And a lot of national security advisors, a lot of the military is very concerned that China has potentially eyes into Afghanistan. And what's, you know, ironic here is we've supplied them security uh, by, by our presence there for the last 20 years. And, and now if we leave, it, it's just potentially could be a mess. And I just point out here that Napoleon at one point called China the sleeping giant. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, <clears throat> just another mention that China, North Korea, Iran, and Russia, they are coming closer together. They're all jockeying for position right now. They're all, they're all trying to, uh, you know, get, put, put, dig their feet in. Uh, COVID-19, I don't really have to tell you a lot about that. If you're listening, you've been aw- awake for the last year and a half to two years. Um, but I did want to say that in 2019, the People's Daily uh, in, in, in China, they declared war on the United States uh, over our handling and our, um, you know, identifying the Wuhan lab. And um, so they, 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 they called us and then they said they're at war with us. Um, COVID-19, uh, let me just put it this way. Uh, it is a biological attack against the world. It had pre- enormous implications on the West, uh, not only in, in um, the economies and the livelihoods of so many people, killing and murdering so many people. And I will say murder because, it, you know, that that's really what it is. It's a biological attack, whether it was released uh, on time intentionally or not at this time or whether it was released, you know, ahead of time. There was a lot of secretive stuff going on. China certainly hid a lot of that information, didn't allow access uh, for many scientists and labs to get in there. So much hush-hush. Um, and, and you know, I, and, it, and it had obvious enormous impact on the elections in the United States um, and, and in many other countries as well. So, um, you know, I... I, I, I'm just going to call it what it is. I mean, it was a bio, where it's a biological warfare and, and they used it, whether it got out prematurely or not. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough of the information, but I know enough of what I've researched, people I've spoken to um, uh, and listened to, you know, very, very credible intelligence. Uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But we know that it first appeared in Wuhan. We know that the Obama administration under Fauci funded a lot of that. We know that they were creating experimental viruses. We know that it's a man-made virus. Um, it's not this whole thing about a bat and all the nonsense there. Uh, the U.S. military, most in the military believe this was done intentionally. And in 2015, we know that the Obama administration outsourced $3.7 million to that. Um, China used this pandemic to ex uh, expand corrosive, insidious influence in Central South America and the United States uh, believes that our or we believe that our influence there is eroding because of this. Uh, and, and this is put out by our State Department. Uh, the other interesting aspect of it is they put enormous pressure on the Western Hemisphere for promoting itself as the vaccine distributor. So they're not only released it, but they're saying, well, we've got the vaccine distribution. We'll help a lot of these countries. But you must recognize that Taiwan is, is sovereign territory to, to China. So going back to that whole Taiwan aspect of it again. Just some other observations as far as America. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously an American. If you're listening from another country, um, you should find this interesting as well. They are controlling the media in this nation through investing. They invest whatever they can control, and they are looking to control land, farmland, media, and finances. Uh, they've been coming on in dominance. They've been buying up real estate uh, in the United States, and they've been paying cash for it. I happen to be in the Northeast, and I see a lot of this. Not that there's anything wrong with doing this, but you know, if it's a um, a, a collective agenda with uh, um, what's the word I want uh, nefarious uh, intent or motives, then you know we need to be aware and not to just close our eyes. Uh, land ownership has increased tenfold in the last 10 years. There's 30 million acres of U.S. farmland is owned by foreign investors, and China is the largest. They own more residential real estate in the United States than all other countries. They account for 25% of foreign investment here, and they're paying cash. Flip side, I'll give you another American company, Bloomberg. They've put $150 billion into Chinese Bond markets, which covers 364 countries out of the 364, China has direct control in 159. So clearly, Michael Bloomberg, the Bloomberg company, is, is doing uh, and making a lot of money with the nation of China. Take it for whatever it's worth. Um, but I would say that there's, uh, there, 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 there's intent and there's a lot of cover-up and, you know, anybody who knows... Michael Bloomberg ran for president of the United States uh, for the Democratic primary, I should say, um, in, in 2020. Uh, they're taking our money out and they're building the islands that combat us, you know, uh, you know what you see there. They're also harvesting DNA and food. Uh, the data that they're collecting um, from, from the COVID-19, they are, they are taking uh, these tests, and a lot of this goes back into China, they are creating databases of our DNA. Uh, so they want the American DNA, uh, and they're using this for counterintelligence, or counterintelligence, I should say, is citing the enormous risks. Um, but it's a valuable source of revenue for pharmaceuticals. So if they have all this DNA research, they can use that as influence and working with and selling to uh, American pharmaceutical companies. So it, it's just a vicious, vicious cycle. It's been well thought out. I, you know, 
I, I will give them that. And then I wanted to point out something that just happened a few weeks ago. Uh, John uh, Donahoe, Nike CEO. Nike is a brand that is of China and for China. You know, it's we're supposed to believe everything is wonderful. And again, we're talking about the Chinese Communist Party. We're not. We're talking about the government. I'm going to switch gears for a second because we're talking about military. So I'm going to break this down real quick for you in terms of what we know uh, from the United States military about our elections. So I, I'm 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 not even going to get into the whole thing about the 46th and 45th president. But I, I kind of I, I put together an example of how this worked and just how insidious this is and the influence of foreign governments into our country and the access that they have. So I give you an example of a state capital on the left. This happens to be Georgia. It shows you all of the different counties. The different counties' voting tabulations go into that particular state capital. That is eventually funneled into uh, um, uh, the the national elections and the ultimate target obviously is Washington D.C. That's what happens in every state. Okay, uh, the state attorney general is supposed to have control over that. That's not always the case, and we know that. And this is again from from the military that if you see on the red uh, lines, I'm kind of pointing out the access of the information coming in and coming out. So if you follow the red lines going out, it hits Barcelona, Frankfurt, Germany, England, Toronto, Canada, Pakistan, the ISS is is, is their military uh, intelligence, and to China. We also know that, and then that went through a central hub and let's call it a cloud server. You know, we don't know. But all of this information and access of all 50 states went in and around all of these different countries and all of these different players. So the outside and foreign and domestic servers, they had access into every county server. And if you don't think that they can't hack, if they, you know, if they couldn't, but I'm just going to say for a lot of these, I believe they had an open door. Uh, the data confirms that thousands of outside servers mined in and out. So thousands upon thousands of servers were going in and out during our election that night leading up beforehand and then the ensuing week of, of what broke down uh, where just strangely enough all of those votes went out of 45's pocket into 46's and it took them another week to, to work it all out. Um, I give you a, a, um, a comment from Attorney Sidney Powell that this is the greatest constitutional crisis in the history of the Republic save perhaps the Civil War. I would echo those sentiments and, you know, this is war and, and these are some of the things and see that these are some of the strategies and you can draw your own conclusions, but this was affirmed by uh, military intelligence that we know that this is where these, uh, this information and data was going in and out of all of these different countries. So they basically uh, had an impact or potentially hijacked uh, um, elections. So, you know, you can take that for whatever it's worth, but that's, and I'm just giving you, uh, you know, a, a, um, a, a method of how that can work simply because that's how my brain works. I need to see things visually. I'm going to be closing here by reminding you about the underground church and some of the nefarious things that are happening to the body of Christ here. 
They are shutting down the churches. They are censoring the Bible. They're banning youth from going to church. You are not allowed to share the gospel or proselytize it. You are to control the word of God that goes out. So in the midst of all of this craziness and all of this, what's happening? The church in China is the largest, actually, and in Iran as well. China and Iran are the two largest growing churches in the world. And so the, the hub of where so much evil and turmoil is happening, that's where the gospel is growing. So I would just ask those of you who have an ear inclined to hear, please pray for these people, pray for these churches, these pastors, these ministers, um, all of them, every one of them. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about the threat to the Bible and what they're doing. So interestingly enough, Amity Press is owned by the CCP. They happen to print 80% of the Bibles in the world. Hmm. So we wound up handing our most precious gift, which is the Bible, to the CCP in terms of them printing and having ownership of it. So what's going on now, we've learned in this past year, is they are editing the Bible. I'll give you an example. For the woman who was caught in adultery, um, he is, you know, Jesus said, he is who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Well, in the edited version, Jesus throws the stone. He eliminate, They eliminate mercy, grace, and forgiveness. They've also removed the book of Hebrews and Revelation. Could it be that they would be mentioned in Revelation? So these are some of the outright wars that are going on, the battles that are going on. Uh, so I would just really encourage you to, to pray for the church. And I show you you know, also these underground churches and, and you know, the burnings that are going on, it, 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 it's, it's devastating. So let me just say this. I'm giving you an image of, of the United States and of China on, on a silhouette of a map, and, but there are other countries and other people groups. I'm just giving you, for, for, symbol, for symbolic purposes, um, you know, the, the, the sickle and hammer, the Russia, Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, I would also cite some of the, you know, the, the power players that are attempting to build the world government, the Davos group, the Vatican. Yes, I said the Vatican. There are some nasty elements to the Vatican, and there are some wonderful Catholics. I was born and raised Catholic, so I'm not, it's not that, but there are some very disturbing elements that are happening within the Vatican, uh, the World Economic Forum, what, you know, what's going on there in Europe, the UN, etc., on the flip side of that, you know, I, I cite here Japan, South Korea, Western Europe, South Korea, Australia, England, Israel, the Gulf states. That's interesting, too, is because, you know, you're seeing some allegiances happening there with the Abraham Accords and the Ecclesia, which is the uh, um, the New Testament uh, word, the, 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 the Greek for the church. So it's the global government of the church. So when you say the Ecclesia, it, the church is a governing body. Um, we're not talking about denominations, but that that's the cross. So that's really what we're, we're, what we're looking at here. And I just remind you that COVID-19 was a direct biological attack by the Chinese Communist Party. It attacked our economic system, and it was aided by complicit Americans in the CDC. This is hybrid warfare. It is a massive biological attack on the whole Western world. It impacts us uh, economically. It was followed by a enormous cyber attack on the American election system. This necessitated unprecedented coordination of evil along with immense corruption and payoffs of which the world has never seen or experienced before. 
I, you know, I, I, every time I think I have a handle on it, it just grows and grows and grows. Um, but in order to pull off something of this magnitude, it, you, you know, you think about the enormous cooperation that you have to have, the unprecedented intelligence that has to be going on, and 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 the works of evil. And I I, I will just cite it that way. That's that's how I view it. This is how I see it. Um, and and there's a lot more to cover. I will say I'm going to go into this uh, a little bit more in the next broadcast, where I'm going to break down the. Um, uh, the upcoming economic system, and a lot of this is being, um, the foundations are laid in what's going on right now at this moment in the past couple of months with the Chinese banks and the uh, and digital currency. I'm going to show you some things in the next broadcast. It's just too much to break down into one, but it's really important that we, we learn these things. But again, um, you know, it, it, it's always about awareness. So let me thank you again for your time. I do appreciate it. Hopefully you found this in information interesting uh, for all you political and military junkies. I happen to be one of them, but I also happen to love Jesus, love the Bible. And, you know, for, for me, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's important to keep our eyes open and to see what's going on around the world and how, how it may pertain. And, and also, you know, I really believe this shows us how to pray and pray effectively. So I would really encourage you to be praying for a lot of these underground churches, the church in China, the church in that part of, of the world, and in, in Iran and in Persia, and, and, and pray for these, for these people because, you know, what we're talking about here is uh, evil operating in governments in, in, in a minority and a limited few, but it impacts the, the general populations of the world. And these were all things that the Lord knew was going to happen, but we have a role we have a, uh, a voice. We have an anointing on us to continue to share the good news. So on that note, uh, you have any questions or comments, please shoot me an email, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Prayer requests, and, you know, anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, again, I thank you for your time. And you've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.